Hi, everyone, and welcome to Food Disruptors, an IFT podcast that brings you the latest insights and perspectives from some of the brightest minds in the science of food. Each episode, our guests discuss the ever-changing intersection of entrepreneurship, innovation, and science and their role in advancing the global food system. I'm your host, Matt Teagarden, and today we're joined by Hugo Gutierrez, Global Chief of Quality, Safety, Health, and Environment at Cary, and Bob Gravani, Professor Emeritus of Food Science at Cornell University. Today, we're going to discuss food safety culture, including how it's established, measured, and expected to change in light of ongoing advancements in food science and policy. Thanks, both of you, for joining me today. Hello. Good morning. Thank you for having us, Matt. So I want to start off with some simple definitions. Obviously, food safety is very important, and the term food safety culture is used a lot in organizations, but I'm curious how you might define food safety culture. Bob, let me kick that over to you. Sure. I think uh, food safety culture means different things to different people, and there are several definitions and models out there, but most people are saying to themselves, what exactly is it? And in my mind, food safety culture is about people's perceptions, their beliefs, their attitudes, their values, their principles, their practices, and, and probably more importantly, their behaviors toward food safety within an organization. It's a, it's a set of core values and, and behaviors that strongly emphasize food safety as a top priority in an organization. And basically, it's a behavior-based food safety management system that's both people and process-focused. So again, if we think about it, it's really embodying all of those perceptions, beliefs, attitudes, et cetera, towards food safety throughout the organization, not just in food sanitation or a specific area of the company, but throughout the entire organization. So it seems, you know, there's the the procedures that you might follow, but there's the culture of, you know, really taking that on and actually following them and, and developing that true culture is what it sounds like. It really is an embodiment of all of those things. And uh, I guess we'll talk about this as we go along, but it, it really is a, a process and people-focused situation where they all need to come together. And, and certainly Hugo and his experiences has uh, created and developed that in, in food, food organizations. Yeah, Hugo, anything you would add to the definition of food safety culture? No, I think Bob uh, defined that uh, very nicely. I, I would say the key word will be behaviors, how people act, how people react, how people get things done, how important is food safety in a particular organization. Um, it's probably something that when you walk into an organization, a manufacturing site, a headquarters, a company, uh, you can smell it, see it, uh, see how people react, uh, talk. I, I think it's always important to say, listen, there's a traditional piece on food safety, procedures, audit, compliance, and there's this soft piece that we call culture, which is more the behavioral piece. How do you expect people to react uh, around food safety and making sure things are done in a proper way? Well, I think that's a good segue into, you know, many companies believe they already have a food safety culture in place, but truly haven't developed and implemented one. So I'm curious what the first thing that leaders should do or consider when creating a food safety culture. Yeah, and there's uh, many different models, but I think in general, 
you want to start with setting expectations, making sure that from the top of the company, there's a very clear um, vision and guidance on what it means uh, to be great in food safety in this particular company, right? So to me, leadership engagement, leadership involvement is uh, job number one, making sure that all the way from the CEO, hopefully all the way from the board of directors, they define what food safety means for them. Uh, here's how we stand, here's our position on food safety in this particular company. And that this is what we expect everybody in the company to behave and let's say uh, bring to heart uh, food safety. So I think that that would be number one, setting the expectations from the top in my point of view. Bob, any thoughts to add there? Yeah, I couldn't agree with Hugo more. I think that the first thing uh, an organization needs is total management commitment. And when I say management commitment, I don't mean uh, interest or or support. I mean true commitment. And I think that starts, as, as Hugo said, with the board of directors, but it's also embodied in the values and mission of the company so that they espouse that idea that food safety is going to pervade their organization, that it's going to be front and center, and it's going to be communicated consistently, and it's going to be very well directed throughout the company so that everyone throughout the organization really understands their role in food safety and why it's so important to the products and the processes that the company uh, has and and the commitment to their consumers to, to make that product as safe as it can be consistently all the time. But total management commitment is really where it all begins, and then it pervades through the entire organization. And so I'm actually going to go back to Ugo here to, to dig in a little bit deeper on sort of the, the implementation aspects here as well. You've mentioned the kind of the first key step, but how do you make sure that that permeates through the organization? And are there certain key elements or steps that need to be considered as you implement this culture? Yeah. So, you know, uh, once we set expectation, and again, uh, I guess going into execution, I think you need to have a way to make sure that the top management can communicate their thoughts about food safety and they can declare that. Maybe building on what Bob mentioned, uh, there's a difference about saying stuff. Hey, listen, this is important for the company. And here's what I'm willing to do to make sure food safety is a priority in the company. So expressing both from top management, I think is, is, is very important. Then moving into the next step is really around education, making sure people understand what food safety, the details of food safety, what it means for everybody. Uh, so if you're in, let's say, an R&D, here's what I do to build food safety from the design. If I am in manufacturing, here's what I do to make sure that I consistently manufacture products according some set of specifications and procedures that will translate into the food safety of uh, our products. Uh, and again, you can go across with the different functions in the company, right? Procurement, here's how I, bought, I, I will buy products, uh, uh, ingredients, 
packaging goods with food safety in mind. So it's not a cost decision, it is a food safety uh, decision. And then how you do that exercise across the company so people understand not just the philosophy, but what they need to do uh, is probably uh, one of the key uh, differences, right? So here's my job, here's my role, and this is what I do for food safety. Uh, having people declare that and be absolutely clear around their roles and responsibility in food safety, regardless of what you do. You could be in finance, you could be on procurement, you could be on sales. You do play a role and articulating that for people uh, is, is key and very important if you really want to either improve or transform the culture of food safety in a particular company. When I love that you mentioned that, you know, everyone owns this. It's not just, you know, people manufacturing the food in the plant. Um, it's really, it, it permeates through the whole company. So, Bob, I don't know if you want to build on that answer a little bit more, but I'm also curious if there's like one specific culture model that is the best one, or are there, are there multiple different culture models that could be followed? Well, a couple of things I want to build on that Hugo said, which I think are extremely important. And, and certainly in, in order to get sort of uh, people to, to buy into this system, they have to have a commitment and they have to be engaged and there has to be some accountability. But before we get to that, you really want to think about a couple of things here in that most world-class companies that do an absolutely phenomenal job of you know, bringing product to market are usually heavily engaged in training, learning, and behavior change. They're, they're learning organizations. So they spend a great deal of time providing information, relevant, useful, timely information to each and every employee in their organization so that they can understand their specific roles in the whole food safety continuum. And, and as Hugo said, it might be the people in product development. How does developing a product figure in to the culture of food safety? Well, you've got to build in, obviously, safety in that product. But again, if you think about the entirety of the organization, Training and learning, a learning organization is really very important here. And that's what drives behavior change is that employee commitment and that employee engagement. And all of these things kind of, again, transcend from that total management commitment, the values and mission statement of the company. And as you go said, great communication uh, of down and up and throughout, side to side, between all uh, segments, aspects, departments of the organization. And, and that's really important, that communication and teamwork, that trust and that those relationships between people so they can be adaptable to changes as they occur. And we all know that in life and in organizations, things change. And, and just look at the last year, how we had to pivot and rapidly change are thinking about a number of areas and issues, but and that adaptability is really important. And a and a nimble uh, organization that has a really strong food safety culture will be able to be adaptable to those changing situations. And then one other item, and then I'll I'll be quiet for a moment, and that is the organization, the people in it need to have a good awareness of the hazards and risks 
certainly the biological, chemical, and physical hazards that are of concern to all of us and how we can prevent them from becoming issues in finished product, et cetera. So again, that all ties back to the, 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 the learning organization and the behavioral changes as well. And so would that be the, the type of culture model that, that works best for organizations or are there, do you need to customize your, your culture model depending on your organization? Well, I think that if you look at a number of food safety culture models out there, they all have very, very similar uh, similarities. Uh, certainly management commitment is one of them. The vision and values in most of the models are, are a key component. Communication throughout the organization, consistency and accountability and adaptability, and, and providing the necessary resources to have a positive impact on behavioral change are really important. We can talk about all of this, but if there aren't financial resources or um, HR resources or other resources brought to the situation, then it's very, very, very difficult to make this happen. Uh, again, in, in learning and behavior reinforcement, most of the food safety culture model similarities are that they always talk about creating new learning experiences and opportunities and providing incentives and rewards and recognition for employees who do a good job. And again, accountability is an important piece of this, but to celebrate successes when there are successes. And then uh, certainly there's some type of uh, qualitative and quantitative measures to determine progress and success. And it's very, very difficult for many of the models because they haven't been very documented, uh, very many that have documented validation strategies and reliability measures. But again, uh, this is evolving. This whole area of food safety culture is really evolving and expanding through throughout companies throughout the world. Yeah, and we'll, we'll dig into a few of those points later on. But Ugo, I want to turn back to you again. Um, so both you and Bob have mentioned the importance of leadership kind of spearheading this food safety culture for the organization. And I'm curious if there are you know specific ways uh, that leaders and organizations can can foster and maintain the food safety culture. Like, are there some really you know low hanging fruit that is a good sort of practice for leadership to embrace in this respect? Yeah, so a couple of things, and, and I'll make a comment before I answer your, your, your question, but uh, as I reflect, and I, I was thinking as, you know, Bob was was uh, making some comments, and, and I was thinking of my own experience, right? Um, you know, I, I, I find myself evolving my role, my knowledge, um, kind of how I go about uh, food safety through the last, let's say, five, 10 years, right? So, you know, uh, if I look at my history, I would say, listen, I probably, all of us were more in the traditional way of doing food safety, right? And micro, uh, making sure that the processes are fine, auditing, all of those things are still very important. But I have, I find myself in a position that I need to be better are adult training, understanding how people learn, how people react, how you influence behaviors. That's probably not a traditional, let's call food safety uh, core knowledge, but I think it's now more important than ever. So all of us professionals in food safety 
how to continue to evolve in that direction. Now, back to your question, I think uh, one of the key questions that we need to uh, ask ourselves in this organization is how can we make it easy for every single leader in the company to lead food safety? Uh, and I think our job is not really to uh, own the culture, but to facilitate the transformation of the culture. Uh, so what we have done uh, in my organization and probably my previous two organizations is to develop training that are customized for a specific area. So you train differently a plant, a manufacturing plant environment, that way you probably will do a board of directors. So those are different things, and you need to make sure that you customize and target those. Now, the output of that training is more important than the training itself, is to make sure that people say, ha, I understand why food safety is so important for this business, one. And second, most important, I understand what my role is and what is it that I can do to help and move that organization forward and that food safety culture. It, that takes some adjustment and takes some dedication and, 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 and leadership. So uh, that, that's an important uh, evolution. At plant level, uh, procurement level, R&D level, I think it's important to develop tools. Again, how can we make them, uh, how can we help them to uh, leave food safety culture easy, right? So just to tell them, hey, this is important and you got to do it and do some mandate, that's not going to work. But helping them, holding hands with them and say, here's a tool. Uh, I'm, I'm going to give you one example. In, in our organization, we have a tool called Food Safety Evaluation. And that is a process, a step-by-step -step process to enable R&D to build food safety from the design. So that's an example of that. We have other tools, one we call it Golden Six, and is to enable the plant manager to lead by example on food safety across the plant. So that tool will ask the plant manager to walk the manufacturing plant, engage operators, and cover at least six areas that we believe are very critical to food safety. That's a behavioral experience more than an audit or anything like that. It's the conversation, is the presence of the plant manager at the plant level showing that he cares, he or she cares about food safety and they're willing to act on food safety based on feedback from their own employees. So those probably two examples around uh, food safety. Well, that's really helpful, I think, to, to kind of put some of that in context. Bob, did you have anything to add there? Yeah, I was going to mention, I, and I really you know appreciate Hugo's experiences in this whole arena because he's really been a leader in, in moving food safety culture forward. I think back to some of the early activities and the early uh, uh, the early evolution of, of food safety culture and looking how it's become more proactive rather than reactive, that we've really moved from sort of sitting back and waiting for something to happen to take charge. And I think his example of the plant manager walking the manufacturing floor, engaging operators, talking to them, reinforcing things with them and so on and so forth is, is clearly an important piece of getting uh, folks involved really to understand their important role in this whole process. And again, um, the whole issue of 
behavioral change is extremely complex. And we as food scientists don't think about how adults learn, how people change behaviors, how long it takes to form a habit, if you will, to, to do something differently. And um, we've gone from kind of linear thinking to more systems thinking. And we've gone from really training, which has some very interesting connotations, to more of a learning environment. And I think all of those things really are reflective of a behavioral-based food safety management system. And those pieces are really important. It's, it's what I like to think of as employees being unconsciously competent. And by that, I mean that they really understand what they're doing. They understand why they're doing it. They understand how to do it. They do it consistently, regularly, always the same. And, and the, the end result is uh, a, a you know, a safe product. And I think that's really important in this whole systems thinking, learning environment that a food safety culture creates. Right. Well, obviously, the, I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, there's more metrics than just a, a safe product. Obviously, that's, that's the, the key measure at the end. But no, I, I do want to dig into something, Bob, that you touched on earlier, which was, you know, metrics around the effectiveness of food safety cultures. What What's currently used and do you see those metrics changing? I'm going to ask Hugo to uh, respond to that one specifically because he is in a role that actually addresses those issues on a daily basis, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah, sure. Sure. I'll... I'll, I'll... Again, share my, my, my current experience, right? So, uh, again, measuring is an important part of the, of the model, right? So you, you set expectations. We already talked about education, uh, setting accountabilities, educational learning. Bob mentioned around recognition. I think that's very important. But measuring is, is actually key, right? You want to know if you're moving this forward, you're making progress. And also, you want to want to have a way of feedback. Hey, let me know how we're doing to see what is it that we need to adjust. So uh, we're doing three things. We're measuring three things. One, uh, we do have a survey. Like most companies, they will have an engagement survey with the employees. We have built seven questions around food safety. And they're questions such as, uh, are you empowered? If you need, so let's say at the plant level, are you empowered to stop the line if you think there's an opportunity? Uh, have you received training and education around food safety so you know uh, the elements of food safety and so on? Based on those answers, uh, we have a year-to-year measure and uh, the data and our systems allow us to see it by plant, by region, by uh, geography and so on. Uh, so you can actually act on those things and say, here in this particular region, we need to adjust more education. Or here, we need to do better around empowering. Or, or, you know, we need to make sure that we have better tools from the plan management to help more. So that's an example of that. Uh, so that survey, uh, you know, you can make it as complex or as simple. In our case, we say six key questions is probably enough. Uh, and that's how we started. And we've been doing that for three years, and every year we can see that we're making progress. The other one, and again, this is particular for us, we're measuring capital investment. Uh, and again, uh, in a way, are you willing to put your hands in your pockets 
following what your mouth is saying, right? I would really need to uh, invest some food safety. So that's why we measure that. And uh, it's important for us to say it's not just talking, it's also the investment and the proactive investment uh, on food safety. Uh, so those are two examples. We have a couple of other, but those probably are the two most important ones that we're measuring uh, at this moment. We got things like uh, right first time, making sure that we produce things right from the beginning, you know, training, making sure that we follow up. We got very specific education and training around behaviors. Uh, you know, later I can uh, share with the, the audience a little bit what those tools look like, but they're very specific about education. So what we measure is how many people have received the training across, you know, the 27,000 people that we have in the company. That's interesting. Bob, any thoughts on metrics? Yeah, I want to I want to follow up with that because uh, obviously Hugo does this every day, and it, it's important to get his uh, reactions and, and and feedback on this. But certainly, positive and negative feedback from employees really important. Um, sharing that they know how to demonstrate those practices, and and also learning from our failures and and uh, recognizing when people do a good job. I think. Uh, if you look at some of the research out there, they ask what people want in organizations. And mostly it's recognition for a job well done. It's it's praise when they've done things above and beyond the call, so to speak. So uh, again, um, recognition, uh, individual and team awards, uh, also some kind of an incentive program to report failures or near misses. And, and then, again, as, as Hugo said, accountability is really important here, recognizing when people do a good job, but also doing some remedial activities when people don't do a good job and, and that there is accountability here and, and everybody's going to be aware of it. And, and again, that may take the view of promotions or demotions, but certainly accountability and compliance are important activities. And as, as uh, Hugo said, empowerment is really important that, and ownership in the food safety culture uh, throughout the organization is really important as well. Well, and so I want to shift gears a little bit here and kind of take a brief glimpse at the Food Safety Modernization Act. I'm wondering how FISMA might impact food safety culture. Bob, do you have any insights on that? Yeah, I do. I think certainly Frank Giannis in his role as um, in the FDA and, and in his quest to uh, really address food safety culture, having written two books on the subject. If you look at the Smarter Era of Food Safety Blueprint, it really does impact food safety culture within organizations because it addresses it very, very directly. And and, and it, it says, this is what we should be doing. We really should be looking at this in a big time way. And certainly with FISMA, we have preventive controls in place. We have all the hazard and risk awareness pieces built in. So this fits in very, very well with that whole systems thinking and that whole smarter era of food safety blueprint. So I think it's, it's a, in my mind, it's, it's a pretty seamless, if, if you will, it's not a transition, but it's a, it's, a, it's a very seamless melding of these areas, both within the regulatory community and within uh, food organizations. 
Well, that's good. <laughs> Ugo, any thoughts on, on FISMA? No, I think it's evolving like uh, every other organization. So I think FISMA does recognize and, and Frank does recognize uh, the importance of behavioral change, right? So I think you cannot have a complete food safety system based on the traditional approach only. Uh, and then FISMA is involving to make sure, you know, the responsibility of food safety that is across the manufacturing plant, uh, that there's enough training around food safety and there's expectations about cultural improvement. So questions like, uh, you know, is the top management reviewing food safety? Those, those, those are very good questions to really, uh, through FISMA, start looking at uh, what's the health of not just the system, but also the culture uh, to have a more, let's call it, a wide uh, approach to food safety. So I, I think in the very near future, you cannot talk about food safety without talking about behaviors or culture. Uh, and I think that's where our regulatory systems, including FISMA, is evolving to. Great. And actually, Ugo, I, I want to take another another turn here and, and talk quickly about COVID-19 and its effect on food safety cultures. Um, it's definitely been a little bit of a whirlwind in, in a lot of in a lot of sense of the word, but I know early on there's a lot of concern around food safety, at least from the public side of things and things like that. But I'm I'm wondering if COVID-19 had any effect on um, maybe the food safety culture at your organization or feel free to speak more broadly. And do you expect lasting impacts as a result of the pandemic? Yeah, so it's it's it's, uh, it's interesting for all of us, I guess. But you know, in my particular situation, I'm responsible also for environmental health and safety. So I guess that means I'm in the middle of of, of COVID for the company. But I'll I'll tell you, and I know this is more of a, a cliche, but there's always opportunity behind this crisis, right? So for us, it's been an opportunity to lead. So we've been helping uh, and working with many companies uh, around how do we manage COVID. Uh, that really highlights the importance of partnerships in the industry, right? Because let's say in COVID, I don't think anybody will have the answer, right? We have to build the answers as we go. And then practical information sharing. Uh, so in our case, we were working with Mondelez, with McDonald's, with... Uh, General Mills with Unilever, and you know everybody has different ideas, and we were all tracking. So I will say, uh, maybe extract three very positive things out of a crisis. One, uh, we did review and update all our crisis management teams uh, and procedures. So uh, that that's one thing. Second, it was an opportunity for us to lead in these difficult times uh, and lead the company and lead uh, our, our businesses lead because it's a technical challenge, right? So you are in a particular uh, good place to help to lead the, the, the company. What are the things that we need to do? What are the protocols? Uh, let's work with the externally, bring some ideas back and let's make sure that we protect our people while we protect our product. Getting specifically around food safety, yeah, everything has to evolve. So there's all type of things that we needed to consider from either some financial issues at some suppliers. So we need to be aware of that because that will have consequences on food safety and their systems and so on. 
an example. Uh, clearly, we couldn't audit face-to-face -face in some places, so we had to evolve about remote uh, auditing and developing some uh, partnerships with people that were local so we can ensure and verify that their systems were fine. Same with our plants. So, yeah, I, I think I, would, I wouldn't call it uh, either negative connotations or positive. I just think evolve, evolving. We are all evolving and we're all uh, adjusting our systems to continue to do food safety in a very, very different scenario. Some of those learnings will stay. I think if you ask me two or three years ago, I say, I gotta be there. I gotta be there in person. An auditor must be there. Today, I would probably rethink that and say, well, if we're there, fantastic. But if not, we can do an equally good job as well. Maybe the last piece I would say, I think the importance of partnerships working together, really taking to heart that food safety is not a competitor uh, concern. Uh, so we all need to share, we all need to learn from each other, and we all need to help us to move forward. So in our case, we share very, in a very transparent way, everything that we have. Actually, we're recommending to people, like, take our uh, protocols, just change the logo and use it if you want it. But we all needed to help us on that. So I think there's some very good things that came out of COVID. And those, the ones that I just articulated, are maybe three examples of that. That's great. Thanks for sharing those. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Bob, any thoughts here? I'm going to leave it at that. I think uh, Yuga really addressed it very, very well. But yeah, I think that the adaptability within the food safety culture model, if you will, the realm is really important. And that adaptability and uh, agility to pivot and move in a crisis situation is really important. And, and nimble organizations that are, again, learning-centered, people-centered, process-centered, all can pivot rather quickly because they've got the infrastructure in place to do that and and the, the mindset in place of the employees uh, you know can address some of those uh, important behavioral changes that need to be made in crisis situations like in COVID. Mm. Ugo, you mentioned a lot about um, this evolution that you had to go through with COVID-19 and that some of those aspects are going to uh, remain. Um, but you know looking even further out, uh, compared to where we are now, um, who I'll start with you. How do you see food safety cultures evolving? Yeah, so I think you know when, when you guys ask these questions, I like to reflect a little bit, kind of, with my last few years, and and maybe something is that I don't know if food safety culture has a, an end, right? This is kind of continuous improvement, so you always have to do better, and you're always learning stuff. Uh, and you always have to have new, new uh, tools and new ways of making it simpler and easier to do business to every one of our colleagues. So uh, since this doesn't stop, you just need to get better at it. Now we are launching very interesting tools, uh, things like, and again, if I just take a few seconds to give you examples, but. Uh, we're partnering with industries that are very well knowledge around, uh, let's call it training and education, but really well, a lot of knowledge around behavioral change. 
So those companies are evolving as well. I'm going to give you one example. There's one company that we work with that their expertise is to develop uh, movies, a kind of think about Netflix type of movies, right? But they are combining that with behavioral change. And that by itself is becoming a fantastic tool to change behaviors in companies, especially when you think about leaders. Uh, so you're delivering a fun movie, if you want, with series and everything like that. Uh, so in our case, there are four models, but they're developing a way to send a specific messages around food safety. So it's a story. So again, storytelling, right? Very important to uh, absorb information uh, and make sure that at the end of that experience, uh, using kind of the approach of a movie with a lot of important messages that are very relevant for my company, things that we want to do better or that we want to continuously improve in the company that are already built into that movie as a way to delivery. Now, I don't think a lot of us enjoy a very long PowerPoint presentation, but I will tell you a lot of us would probably would love a movie that is interesting with action and stuff like that. And it just happened that the message of that movie, a lot of it is around food safety. A lot of it is around behaviors that are needed in order to prevent things from happening. So that's an example, right? So again, uh, getting into that level of details and level of uh, innovation to do a better job changing cultures, because again, people are complex, uh, I think is part of the future of success. Maybe the last challenge, so I, again, reflecting my own experience, we have 150 plants across the world, around 60 countries, right? So that doesn't make it any easier, right? Because now you have the cultural difference or country difference if you want, and you need to account for that. So you need to also get better around customization and making sure that you talk to different audiences in a way that are significant for them. So maybe those are a couple of examples. Well, I know, I know Bob is itching to see that movie, I'm sure. But Absolutely. Bob, any, <laughs> any thoughts on the evolution of the culture? I'll say I put the movie and you guys put the popcorn and then we're all set. We got it. We got it. That sounds like a great plan. I'm ready for it. You go. Uh, I, I think Hugo addressed it really well again. And uh, I think the whole idea of continuous improvement as we, as we continue to address new food safety challenges, I mean, there will be new pathogens and they will be growing in different types of foods. And, and we need to be ready to address some of those, certainly in our food safety activities, but also how this is going to evolve is, as Hugo mentioned, our technologies are improving in many, many different areas, certainly in the laboratory for pathogen detection, certainly screening techniques, certainly the whole business of education and learning and how people learn and the behavioral change piece is evolving and continuously improving. And again, you know, we used to say this with HACCP, it's not a destination, it's a journey. And I think we could say the same thing now about food safety culture. We've made tremendous strides and companies are actively engaged in ramping up and moving in this direction, but we're not there yet. It, it, is, a, it is a journey and continuous improvement is going to play a huge role in how this evolution occurs uh, in the future. And I think, I think the future is bright. I think certainly the technology, the HR, 
um, uh, the, the, the people that we're hiring, the learning that we're exposing them to, and the whole idea of empowerment is a real uh, dynamic change of what we were thinking about 20, 30, 40 years ago in terms of uh, employees in the food industry. So yeah, I think, I think the future's bright. I also think continuous improvement is the name of the game. You can't sit still. If, if you're sitting still, you're losing ground. You've got to continuously uh, challenge yourself to look at what's out there uh, in the future. Maybe it's AI, maybe it's machine learning, maybe it's robotics, maybe it's all of the above. But how can we utilize some of these phenomenal technologies that are uh, that are just uh, breaking uh, into the food realm and, and use them to our advantage? Well, and I think we have time for one more question here. And I do want to kind of uh, talk about how smaller or medium-sized companies can help develop uh, or can develop an effective food safety culture because, you know, Ugo, you're sharing your excellent experience um, from a very large multinational country. But, you know, what are what's your perspective on how some of these smaller or medium-sized companies can can you know do the same thing? Yeah, you know, the the success of food safety for a big company relies on the success of food safety in a smaller company because we all have suppliers, big and small, right? So as a unit. As a supply chain, we need to make sure that we do this well in both sides, the traditional way and the, let's call it, the behavioral piece as well. So in our case, we, again, really leveraging the fact that this is not a competitive concern, we share these things quite openly and we help our uh, suppliers to do this better. So we're happy to make some of the investments and then share some of the uh, things with our suppliers. Now, uh, there's the, they're, they're very valuable small interventions that you can share. So again, the Golden Six tool that I mentioned is a simple tool and not very, you don't need any technology. It's just a philosophy on how you do that. Uh, I'm gonna give you one more example uh, that I think is, is being very helpful. We develop a set of questions for leaders. So when a CEO, or a marketing lead, whoever you want, goes to our markets, they not just asking about volume or margins or sales. There are few questions there around food safety, and they're very simple. What is the biggest risk that you have? You're getting the support. Uh, show me your priorities on food safety. You know, at the end of the day, even the answer really matter. doesn't matter. What it matters is, hey, I'm here. And I, food safety is important, and I want to take this opportunity to ask around food safety. Uh, so those questions exist, and they're very simple. We give it to everybody. We put it in a piece of paper, and every leader will have it. Now, we're in the middle of making sure that's a mature process. People actually use it more. But that's an example of something very simple that can make a huge change. To have the CEO in one of the markets and ask questions around food safety, that's an intervention. You will see people's face and then you'll see if they were ready for that. And next time they come, they're probably going to have everything ready to tell around here's the risk that we have, here's what we're doing, and here's what I do for food safety. So those are good, very simple, but very important examples. Hmm. Thanks for that. Bob, any, any final thoughts here? I think the whole idea of as larger companies experience differences, experience have experiences in the whole food safety culture realm. They, like Hugo's company, 
we'll be sharing these with other small and medium-sized companies. And in some cases, small and medium-sized companies can be more nimble because there may be fewer staff people. There may be people performing multiple roles within the company. So they might be more agile and adaptable and nimble and, and can implement and maintain a food safety culture within their organizations. And certainly with all the information out there about food safety culture models and all the experiences from companies like Yugo's and others, willing to share their experiences with others, I think we're going to see some of these small and medium-sized companies moving in the same direction of empowering employees and uh, providing learning opportunities for them in the course of their employment with them. Excellent. Well, Bob and Ugo, thank you both so much for your thoughts on food safety cultures. I really appreciate it. I learned a lot not being a food safety person myself, so this is great. Well, thank you, Matt. It was a pleasure to be with you today. It was also a real pleasure to have a chance to be with my friend, Hugo, who I regard as one of the global leaders in uh, food safety culture. So it was a pleasure, Hugo. Thank you. Same for me, Matt, Bob. Thank you very much. Well, if you're enjoying Food Disruptors, please let us know by leaving a review on iTunes or by connecting with IFT. You can find us at IFT on Twitter and by searching the Institute of Food Technologists on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. Thanks for listening to Food Disruptors. I'm your host, Matt Teagarden. Have a great day, everyone.